The movie guys love movies. Any comments about how Randy Quaid has merged with Cousin Eddie are purely for entertainment purposes only. So, Rupert, you want to fuck me? I'm going to fuck you. You know that metal plate in my head? Ah, how can I forget? I had to have it replaced because every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. Yeah, Rupert! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I'm With that thrust in front of you for like <laughs> ten seconds, it's uncomfortable. I I finally watched that video in prepar- preparation for yes. today's show, and it is as as uncomfortable to watch as it is to listen to. Mm-hmm. And I totally missed him going off the rails. I'm here for him coming back. On yeah, the I don't rails. Under, uh, I don't know. Oh, he's he... not back on the rails. No, no, okay. oh, no, this, no, no, no. Um, Wait, he says your... he's back, Paul. How can you argue with this, <laughs> Lee? Good he, point. Uh, uh, Bart, he had his wife wear Rupert Murdoch mask oh. while he had sex with her. Somebody That's not call, anywhere near the rails. Right? Somebody called Child Protection Services or something. That woman is clearly being held oh. against her will. That's, she's not too bad looking either. She's pretty good shape. And there well, she especially is. Especially when she puts on that mask. Right? Uh, looking good. Yeah, I was rather surprised. Yeah. I mean, so, he's 64. I thought we'd see an old 64 <laughs> yeah, an old thing there. Well, anyway. I do want to say that our dog barks when we have sex, too. Welcome to the Movie Showcast, everybody. Part of the vast and sprawling Movie Guys empire. And from here on out, we're only interested in what is real. Real people, real feelings, that's it. That's all we're interested in. You've reached ground zero for all things movies and comedy. We bring the two together right here on our show every week with jokes, rants, sketches, characters, bits, special guests, and more as we broadcast from the Admirals Club in the heart of Burbank Airport's flyover zone. They don't stop making movies, so we don't stop making comedy shows about movies, which means you can get a new show every week from us on iTunes, your SoundCloud, your Vimeo, your Funny or Die, your PulpEpic.com, Stitcher, Player.fm, and of course, the MovieGuys.net, absolutely free! And we encourage you to subscribe, especially at iTunes, and if you do, still, no charge. We're also on WBAD.net Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Uh, to conclude this lengthy housekeeping, basically just search the movie guys on Google, Yahoo, or... Bing! Bing! And we come right up. Happy Groundhog Day. <laughs> Your hosts for the hardest working podcast on the airwaves include myself, Paul Preston, here with Bart Caius. I'll be filling in for myself today. And Karen Volpe. You love you, and I love Walter. And sitting in the whole show is an actor who's appeared in films like Water for Elephants... Mirror, Mirror, and a new project on Amazon Prime called Mad Dogs with the mm. likes of Michael Imperioli and Steve <gasps> Zahn. It's Mark Povinelli, everybody. Povinelli. Yeah. He's here. Promise. Flyover. There he is. <laughs> um, oh, and who's uh? We're done with January movies. Oh, oh God. which can mean only one thing. February movies. Well, yeah. it could be worse. But Mark lucked out. He didn't have to do all the January movies with us. It came in the right week, Mark. I bet. <laughs> do you remember? Name me a movie that came out in January. That would be the movie that uh, five days got ago. nothing that, that, that <laughs> happened. You got nothing. Just a me- month yeah. Ago. Didn't you see one poster for any? No. Woman in Black Two. Nothing. Nope, nothing. There are the no yeah, posters out right. there. Yeah. Yeah. You've seen that poster. You don't know what I'm talking about. You I do. Do you remember it's, Woman in Black 1? Who no, was in it? I never saw it, but I saw the preview for 2. What the hell is going on in that movie? <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> Why oh, would whatever. they go back? They, they're they taking uh, scary shit and sticking it in a movie. Yeah. 
Yeah, it made yeah. no sense whatsoever. What do you want a story? It was January. It's got scary January. stuff. That's enough. January. And then there was another movie called Project Almanac, where a bunch of kids had been given the ability to do time travel. So they immediately go back and do better at their math test. Yeah, that's the big stroke of genius here. The sequel to Project Encyclopedia Britannica. Oh. And, yes, right. exactly. Either way, kids in their teens are going, what the hell is that? What's an almanac? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right, we're on the internet. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> Project Internet. Uh, all right, so listen, everything this week, no doubt, is a planned February release. Oh, shit, I'm reading that wrong. Yeah, I think so. It looks Paul. here, it says that two of our films are 2014 leftovers. <gasps> uh, Seventh Sun, due January last year, coming out now, and Jupiter Ascending, pushed from summer 2014. Well, joining them is what actually will probably win the box office weekend. To save their world. I smell Krabby Patties from over there. The surface. Oh. All right. All secondary characters, come with me. They must come. Two hours. Huh? Welcome to February. Like the month itself, slightly better than January. February, where the R is for respectable and silent. <laughs> but silent uh, respect. Now, Mark, you have children. I do, too. And you will go see this, and you will explain it to me when you do. <laughs> SpongeBob, oh, Sponge Out of Water. That's the full title okay. of what's going I thought on. this was the first and only SpongeBob movie. Somebody, according to the script, this movie has been out before. Not this movie, but a, Sponge, a SpongeBob, a SpongeBob movie. SpongeBob movie yeah, has been out before. Where are you going? I probably will go. Yeah. yeah. It's got Antonio Bandalas in it. Can you say his name normal anymore? You can't. You can't. Antonio no. Bandalas. Doesn't matter who you are or what you are. You got to talk like Selma Hayek when you say it. <laughs> what was it? Uh, who did the. Uh, Antonio Bandalas. Oh, it was Seth MacFarlane did the joke. Hey, here, to next, present our next award and to come out here and say whatever. We don't know what the hell they're saying or something like Javier Bardem and Selma Hayek. <laughs> he said something about the fact that no one's going to know what the hell they're saying anyway, but let's bring him out. <laughs> But and they, they both had good back. cleavage. But your yeah. kids, do they watch SpongeBob, the cartoon? You know, they start watching it, and then I end up watching the rest. Uh, it's kind of... <laughs> okay. I've not seen a single frame of that show. I okay. would never... No. I, it's been on for 75 years, and yeah. I would never have watched it, except I have kids now. It's funny. It is. Patrick is a genius. The 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 sidekick, he's brilliant. The, star, the starfish. Wait, the starfish the, or the, the big, big purple the talks blob? Like this? Yes. And he's a genius. Because he's so stupid, it's it's, <laughs> it's like it's, Betty White. It is. It's a great kind of uh, you know Laurel and Hardy thing they got going there. Yeah, yeah I'll take I, that. I, I Wait, like every, it. every they come around every once in a while. They come in waves. There was nothing. Then there was Animaniacs. Then there was nothing. Mm-hmm. And now there's SpongeBob. Well, I think it's been around a while now, so yeah. it's probably on. A, there's some weird crap out there now for kids. There is. There's like talking French fries and shit. Yeah. All that. Is there still a Saturday morning? I don't think for kids? so. No, no. Now it's all DVR'd and yeah. YouTubed and it's really weird. They're like, sleeping in. Yeah, oh, they, they. Everything's on demand. We well, don't have a showtime. That's true. Uh, yeah, I demand we don't have a showtime. I yeah. agree with you because otherwise we'd have to do it early in the morning. I, I can guarantee that. you, our kid, my kids have no idea what time any show is on. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, they would. It's true. It, they would lose their. They would never watch a program. What time's that on TV? Yeah. It's true, because remember when we were growing up, you knew at 8 o'clock on Thursdays was Family Ties. And now yeah. Roku Box. That's yeah. all you know, or Apple TV. And whatever. if you weren't home from the Swedish house where we would go every Friday and, and have... No, it was it was a smorgasbord. Oh. Uh, I'm sorry, the Sweden house. Oh. The Sweden house smorgasbord where the Kai's family would go every Friday because once a week we'd go out to dinner. You'd have to move it along. We'd to have get to home. get home by 8 o'clock to watch Different Strokes and then Facts of Life. Yeah. Sure. And and if you didn't, it was gone. That was never going to yeah, happen really, again. Yeah, right. That was not going to happen again. <laughs> Maybe in reruns. Yeah. Well, at the same time, the yeah. summer you had to wait until the summer. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. then they would rerun right. everything. Yep. yep. 
I'm still waiting for Star Wars to be on TV. My mom. Did you have that? Yes. My mom and dad. Oh. I don't want to take it to the movies. It'll, It'll be, on, be TV. on TV. And well, then it never was on TV. Star Wars. That's a product of a cold place. <laughs> We're not going out in this. Oh, yeah. It'll be, It'll be, on, be TV. on TV. You know what? It probably is on TV now. She's right. Uh, Star Wars? I don't think Star Wars has ever has been on Has it ever been on pay-per-view? Oh, free. Uh, oh, yeah. like not uh, not cable. No, no. Free not TV. Not Spike. You're talking this about is... your two, three, four, yeah. 12, no. whatever. Seven. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Not including UHF, 45, 43, and 62. T- What's that channel you watch? TBS? TBS. Is it That's on That's what there? I watch now. Uh, it has not even been on TBS oh. in this modern age of uh, and cable. My, my brother had this boom box that had this little... Four by three inch, three by three inch television, wow. black and white. Oh, wow. It was pretty badass. But and it had a scroll instead oh, yes. of a channel switcher. So it had a scroll. And channel fifty was the porn channel. It was all squiggled out. Oh yeah, but, but you still you, watch. But you could manipulate that little, little <laughs> switcher thing there, that little scroller, and get rid of most of the lines. That's amazing. Wow. It was great. Black and white. Oh yeah. And it's yeah. portable, so you guys can go hide somewhere and watch porn. <laughs> totally. That's awesome. Nice. Mm-hmm. Right, I well, had we, to look we, at we should, Hi, Mom and Dad. <laughs> hey. Oh, just stick around, Mom and Dad. <laughs> uh, we're going to preview movies while they're still in theaters, I guess. So what shall we preview first? I'll take movies I would have loved when I was 10 for 300, Alex. Okay, so be it. That's uh, Seventh Son. We'll talk The Seventh Son. The Hawk the Slayer of movies released in 2015. Here we go. In what has got to be the most unusual follow-up to The Big Lebowski. Wait a second, Bart. This isn't a follow-up to The Big Lebowski. Are you sure, Paul? It stars Julianne Moore and Jeff Bridges, so I'm just assuming Okay, I got this. I got this. Here are a couple of bad signs for a movie. One, it's released in February. Two, the Comic-Con panel for this movie was held in 2013. (laughs) And three, (laughs) the trailer brags from the production company that brought you 300 Rise of an Empire. But, Paul, in the positive column, it stars Jeff Bridges. That's fucking interesting, man. That's fucking interesting. <laughs> but, in the negative, he's still talking like this. Or, uh, whatever. Uh, my makeup man, Thomas Nellen, gets a kick out of this. Uh, it goes something like this. That, that may be a clip from his new album, Sleeping Tapes. You oh, know, well, I'm getting drowsy. The, uh, he puts on the, uh, <laughs> the, the meditation stuff. But he, but he does like talk like that in this movie. In fact, in all of his recent movies. The adventure begins when Tom Ward, played by IMDb's Ben Barnes, finds out that he is the seventh son of the seventh son, which puts him in the li- lineage of an ancient order of noble knights combating the forces of darkness. Can I help you, Karen? I'm just amazed by that. I had to look at you so I could pay attention the whole time. <laughs> I didn't know if I had some spinach in my teeth. No, it's just so much to take in. I'm paying attention like we were in geometry. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now, no matter what mess this movie looks like it may be, no movie with the with an order of noble knights combating the forces of darkness can be all that bad. That remains to be seen. Oh. Now, the war between the forces of humanity and the supernatural are led by the evil Mother Malkin, played by Julianne Moore, in a performance that, because of delays, will now be called her follow-up to Still Alice. <laughs> To save the kingdom, the world, and hopefully this movie, Tom and Gregory will have to fight as many CGI monsters and beasts as the producers could come up with during the delay of this film's release. Even though it was delayed, it is an actual movie because it's based on a book. The book was called The Spook's Apprentice. Easy does it there, Eastwood. This isn't Gran Torino. 
but technically, <laughs> the book is listed as inspiration for the film, which is like saying we had to finish writing the screenplay. Inspiration could come in the form of a ham sandwich. According to Wikipedia, the release date for video game the movie was actually shifted numerous times. If ever there's been a movie that was too good for January, January, well, this wasn't it. My guess, January just ran out of room. All right, there you go. That's, that's the seventh sun. Or just seventh sun. I don't I know if there's say, a the in there. I don't think there is. There is no the because just if you do the seventh, seventh sun, sun, there's a bunch of other good movies that come up on IMDb, not this one. <laughs> Are they good? <laughs> well, I'm assuming it can't be better or it can't be worse. Uh, yeah, it's called The Spook's Apprentice. What? Didn't, did we all just get a little uneasy with I'm that? I did. I'm by that. I thought it was the follow up to Eight is Enough, Seventh Sun. <laughs> that would be better. One of them befell what was a that tragic on? death. When was that on? Uh, that was eight is enough. I think that was a Friday night show. Eight o'clock, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I did not like that I, show. I didn't <laughs> get to watch that one because my I think it was on seven, and we didn't get the we get two channels depending on if there's the bad dial weather. didn't. You, you, need, yeah. you needed the scroller. The scroller. Need, I needed the scroller for sure. Why Anyone at this support? table know the acclaimed series? This is based on the trailer says based on the acclaimed series of Seventh Son. <laughs> Don't know this one. No. But then again, we're but not. Then again, we never do. We never we know the why. Fourteen-year-old girls who are reading this stuff. Yeah. Well, this uh, may be beyond that, though. This might be just fantasy lore that might be out wait, there. Wait, is yeah. this is this based on a series of books, all with vaguely racist names? Series. I can't guarantee that's okay. books okay. with okay. vaguely racist. Well, no, you're saying it's it's a series of something. I don't know. Is it yeah, a bunch of movies? Or who knows? Of, yeah. Okay. I don't know. How long has so. this been going to be released in February? Do you think that it was completely shelved and then Julian Moore is getting some love so they said, quick, let's just dump it? It was January last year when I went to the Comic-Con panel. Mm -hmm. In 2013, it was due for January 2014 coming out now. Don't know why. See, I was just wondering if they were like, oh, that movie doesn't exist. And then now that she's getting some attention, they're like, yeah, yeah, you want to see him something yeah. else? But nobody's seen Still Alice. That's going to oh. be the least seen movie that Everybody someone forgot. wins an Oscar. And oh. the seven people that did see it aren't sitting there going, well, now I want to see her play that character. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're probably going to go back to Boogie Nights or something. What else is she in? <laughs> yeah. What have I seen her before? <laughs> this is Juliana Moore. I predict big things with for her. What else she is she in? real, real she, classy. Has she done any other acting? <laughs> yeah, it's it looks, I don't know, I mean... The CGI didn't look bad. Looks like it could be tons of fun. I can't figure out what the movie's about. No one would know because they're not releasing it for critics. Oh, is that true? Also not a good sign. That's a horrible sign. Yeah. No, I've watched the trailer several times. I, he he goes under the tutelage of the dude and yeah, the learns dude. how to kill dragons. This is Prince Caspian, right? The, the lead guy. Okay. Uh, ben Barnes. Ben He's got Barnes. quite a following, I guess, among people who aren't our age. <laughs> quite, a, quite a following among people who know who he is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So and then they the fight. One? They fight. They fight dragons. Yeah, okay. they fight her, and they, you know he's dragons he's the one. That's all that matters. Oh. He's the one. Was um, he chosen? Earlier today, I was working out, and after I work out, I usually meditate for about twenty minutes. I meant to say minutes. something. You look good, Karen. Thank you for working yeah, out. I'm noticing. Mm -hmm. I'm noticing. Um, that's your job. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, well, you've been rolling the sleeves up. I roll my sleeves up. It's a little up. obvious oh. that you're asking for the compliment. Thank you. And yeah, and Where's the fact that I gave you a twenty. There was a gun show. Anyway, the point is, we got a bandaid for all these cuts. Paul worked out with me, and he came in. Yeah, highly. He came in, and he goes, "Hey, instead of doing the meditation you're normally doing, do you want to do it? I guess he wanted to hear the clips for this." <laughs> and um, so no, I thought. No, I was going to play the the the, the, the actual the sleeping. sleeping sounds yeah. and stuff. There's whatever. Uh, my makeup man Thomas Nellen gets. He wanted me to meditate this. to this. Uh, Did he have a mask for you too? <laughs> <laughs> yes. All I'm, I, I, but Jesus. 
So I said, oh, sure, I'll try it. But it wouldn't work on my phone, so I couldn't do it. But it reminded me that I really want Matthew McConaughey to make a meditation oh, CD where he yeah. just goes, oh, yeah. It's all right, all right, all right. <laughs> I'd be all right with that. Yeah. I can get behind that. I'd buy that on 8-track. <laughs> But listen, speaking of Jeff Bridges, yes. um, I want to play a little something called Name That Jeff Bridges Movie, oh, because okay. oh. he has kind of been the same grumbly character in every of his last few movies. So I'll play a clip, and you tell me what of his <laughs> recent movies you think this was from. Okay. Okay, and you see if you get it right. Or it might be some other movie that, that he was in. Mark, there are no losers to this game, except for the person that gets the fewest right. Right. Hmm. Here's our first clip. Our world was different. There was more. Jupiter Sunday. Wow. No, that's uh, not in that. Rooster oh. Cockburn. No, nope. it's nope. that space one where the kid goes to where he's not supposed to and he gets a book or Iron, something. Iron Man. And then he learns to have feelings. Oh, SpongeBob yeah. out of water. I can't remember what that's called. You're right. <laughs> no, I think Karen's right. What was that one? Guess that every time, Mark. Yeah. yeah. The Giver. The Giver. That is that correct. Is the Giver is correct. Of course. Thank He's you. the Giver. I'm the Giver. Uh, yeah. I'm the Giver. Our world was different. There was more. Now you'll notice that's totally different from what, yes? The giver. Yeah. Oh, good job. Okay. Well, let me play the next clip for the love of God. Here it is. Them boys, you don't think about the wrath that's about to set down on it. Yeah, that's, that's your. That's Rooster. That's, that's got to be that's, that's true, yeah. grit. True, grit. true Grit. True Grit. Oh, that's the name of the movie. That yes. is the name of the movie. Yeah. Rooster you would Cock, think I would the, name of the character. Things. That's all right. We're doing good. We're neck and neck. A movie I would like to see again. It was, yeah. I love the Coen brothers. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I I should give that another chance. Although when I first saw it, I went, "That's good." And then it got a, like twelve Oscar nominations. Really something great. crazy. It was great. So I think yeah. I need to see it again. Mark's right. Yeah. It was. Great. She's a little annoying, the girl. Oh, I don't think so. And I don't like not liking Matt Damon. <laughs> I don't like that. But you're like okay that. with not liking Josh Brolin. Uh, I am. Is, do I not like him in that movie? Yeah, he's yeah. a dick. Yeah, I can yeah. do that. I can do that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So here's another one. I've been searching for you, Mr. Ward. Oh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, that was Leave no. It to Beaver. Ward. He that was, was that country Ward. one he was in. No, that's, that's I think, sadly, this movie. Uh, uh, this is Seventh Son. Seventh uh, Son. That's correct. Leaving this last one, what is this? Damn, I don't know what else to shoot you between. Oh, oh, uh, oh, R- R.I.P.D. No, nice. I didn't think you'd remember Did that movie at all. Well, the thought... only reason I remember that movie is Mr. Maddie was here telling the story about how uh, Dave Maddie, yes. Dave Maddie uh, was a stuntman in that oh, with right. Jeff Bridges, and Jeff Bridges farted on him during a take mm. of a stunt. Yeah, and so, I laughed about it. Yeah, how do you not remember that? All of all that mumbling reminds me of the scene in <laughs> in, in Big Lebowski. There's a scene in Big Lebowski where he's drinking. Uh, a white Russian, which I know is not the most discerning way to describe this, but he kind of like talks through an ice cube. That's that's all of it. I think he heard <laughs> that in Big Lebowski and said, right. I'm going to run with that. that. That's going to work. I've been searching for you, Mr. Ward. It does sound like he has a lozenge. Different. There was more. <laughs> a little lozenge. That's interesting, Like man. Martin Short would that's say. That's fucking interesting. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> How is that the same guy? Uh, Play that. How is that the same voice? Well, no, that's the up voice. That's you know, there's like there's like a voice, you know, for through Hey man, hey. Yeah. and then there's now it's he's he's changed. You know, Pacino started yelling. This is what Bridges is doing. Well, it's, we talked about this the other day. Sorry, Karen. Nah. We talked about how uh, uh, what's his nuts? Randy went crazy. Yeah. Randy Quaid went crazy, and Jeff is clearly going nuts as well. But he's just <laughs> but doing it's it. A charming. A, it's a much more oh, charming, charming and crazy. a slower way. Yeah. Very entertaining, okay. crazy, yeah. charming entertainment. Just he's and I guess Nick Nolte, not Nick Nolte, was uh, Gary Busey's in between those two. 
He's in between the Randy Quaid crazy yeah, and I the think Bridges so, crazy. Because yeah. Busey's functioning. Yes. Quaid's not functioning. And every once in a while, Busey can kind of be funny and charming, and then he just turns amazingly violent. But every once in a while. <laughs> I'd still want to hang out with Jeff Bridges, though. How do you think Dennis Quaid feels? Oh, he's the best, isn't he? The only time I ran into Dennis, he was drunk. I know. Uh, it's true. Friend of yours, Mark? No, never okay. met. No. I think he's great. I like him. Is he too. out there working still? Yeah, yeah. He Didn't was he do some in, family uh, movie? G.I. Joe? I, I know I told American you guys. Dreams? I feel like he's the dad in every like kid baseball movie. That's like all oh, he yeah. does anymore, yeah. right? That, there's a lot of them, so yeah. that's a good part. Good the last thing. one I saw him in was Rookie of the Year. Not Rookie well, there of the you Year. Go. Was it rookie the Rookie? Of the, year? rookie? the Rookie, yeah. Well, that was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Last time great movie, seen. though. Yeah, good movie. And he's great in it. Yeah, yeah. All right, but let's get on to our next film. All right. Also plucked from 2014 for your February enjoyment. Much like The Seventh Son and every movie, this features a young <laughs> warrior proclaimed the one. It's called Jupiter Ascending, and it does the same. Karen, let's talk about it. It's my way on the old space highway. That's why they all say For the minds of Andy and Lana Wachowski comes another follow-up to The Matrix. By follow-up, I mean The Matrix was so popular that they no longer give a damn what you think. The last time the Wachowskis didn't care what you think about them, they made Cloud Atlas, a movie that dares you to like it with six interlocking stories spanning a thousand years. The time before that, one of them became a woman. (laughs) Jupiter Ascending tells a story of Jupiter Jones. Oh, Oh, I get it. it. Let me guess. This is a Wachowski film, so she gets chosen? Let's find out. Make sure this is the right one. It's her. Good. There you go. Of course she does. All right. Good. Yeah. Movie's over. (laughs) Jupiter, played by Mila Kunis, who makes my Jupiter ascend, is just a regular working class wage slave cleaning houses for a living, thinking she had no importance in the world. You know it's a fantasy film when a hot chick has to clean toilets for a living. And one day, Morpheus, I mean, Kane, played by Channing Tatum. Who can raise my cane any day. Okay. <laughs> Tatum arrives on Earth to let her know that she is the one. If you think this sounds a lot like The Matrix, you're right. And if you think that's a negative, then I assume you began your glowing review of Speed Racer with how little it could be compared to The Matrix. The Wachowskis have already responded to criticism that this sounds a lot like The Matrix with this announcement to the press. I don't have to impress you. But that's where the comparisons. <laughs> but that's where the comparisons between the Matrix end, and the comparisons to Bound never begin. As Jupiter Ascending is a gorgeous widescreen space opera in which the fate of Earth is decided by the Earthling with the biggest eyes. Here's a clip. I'm calling Telephone Tammy. Okay, that, that, that might be a Mila Kunis toy commercial <laughs> oh. from, the, from the 80s. I remember she was on sale in the 80s. <clears throat> That's Tell- a toy. Yeah, yeah. Mila. Yeah, of course. Here's a little more plot for you. Millions of years ago, aliens seeded America with the genetic material when they discovered our soil was ideal for a more fat, selfish, fanatical, xenophobic crop yield. This film was apparently co-produced by Halliburton and Beatrice with additional funding from Arch Daniels Midland. Your Earth is a very small part of a very large industry. 
Ooh, see? Yeah. That Channing Tatum would one day fall to Earth from heaven was already prophesized in the book of Magic Mike. But what Jupiter didn't know is that her genetic signature makes her the heir to Earth and a galactically contested will. The film co-stars Eddie Redmayne, who plays some kind of futuristic cyborg as far as we can tell from this clip. My name is Stephen Hawking. <laughs> okay, that, that might be a clip from The Theory of Everything. But he does speak with a British dialect, because even though aliens are from another planet, they're still foreign to the U.S. and therefore talk British in movies. The score is by Michael Giacchino. 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 Who's Italian here? I don't know. Who's the new John Williams? So expect this score to really tie the room together. Jeff Bridges approves. The drug really ties the What the hell together. was that? Jeff Bridges laughing. Jeff oh, was it? At our okay. Lebowski oh, reference. My God. Yeah. So I'm wow. going to have a hard time talking about this movie and not confusing it with Seventh Son of the Seventh Son. Why Just is because this it's, happening? I don't know. Why? Okay, here, one is let space, me... one is fantasy world. Oh, wait, here's the thing. Fantasy. We all know two things about February. Well, three. One, where I'm from back in Buffalo, it's friggin' cold and it's really snowy and it's the worst <clears> month for weather. Two, it is a month for Black History Month, right? And three, it's for romance. It's the month of like romance, romantic movies, and getting in shape and eating chocolate. And yeah, well, where does this sci-fi bullshit come what from? What's that movie called? The rewrite, the Hugh, new Hugh Grant movie. That looks like a you know, yeah, like, like the author comedy. who goes back to school or something yeah. and he teaches. Why is that not happening now? Yeah, I thought sure that'd be coming out now because okay. I saw stuff for that in the fall. Nope, no sign of that movie. No, and but for the some... record, yes. you said there were two things and then you listed three. I thought I said three. I messed up. <laughs> you list as many as you want. All right, I had three <laughs> things. Yes, very passionate subject to you. I know. <laughs> it, but it's me. true. No romance movies one. in February. The gray one. Which one is that? The well, that's one? Shades of Gray. That's gonna oh, eat. Fifty Shades of Gray. I eat everything. It's not a romantic Fifty comedy. Shades of Gray. So they got to well, do all this before have, Fifty Shades of Gray? You can't have any room after Fifty Shades of Gray no. comes out. It's not a comedy. That is going to be a total disappointment, right? That movie, Fifty Shades. I won't know the difference. Oh, okay. What do you like, mean? We're going to go. It'll be what it I is, in, but will I be disappointed? I don't know what I'm expecting, so I don't know. I haven't read the book. Well, I hear it's I've not, not that read the great book. anyway. Yeah, I've not read the book, but it just seems like it's got all this erotic potential that can't be exercised in a rated R movie. Right? Well, I have a feeling that the from what I heard that it's not that erotic for people who actually have sex. Oh, it's it's housewives who don't have sex that are what? excited by it. They got it all wrong. Like then. the Midwest just kind of is all psyched, and then the rest of us who are like so. <laughs> so I live in Hollywood. This yeah, happens this on the is sidewalk. No big deal. Closet full of whips yeah. and chains. Like, whatever. Channel fifty. I have whatever you want. <laughs> like, we can just watch his boombox and we'll There's watch. There's literally whatever. a club yeah. that I could go to and do this. I know. Well, when we tell people that we're filming a show in our garage, they assume it's porn. So maybe we're jaded. Uh, Steve Schultz, writer to the show, suggested Jupiter Jones Diary. Would that make you happy if we did that? <laughs> if Colin Firth were in a spacesuit, I'd be perfectly <laughs> yeah. fine. Now, but, I thought it was the Wachowski brothers. Wachowski? You said Wachowski. Wachowski. I think it is. Wachowski. I'm happy I'm sure to, to say both. I, I grew up know. in Cleveland. I know a ski when I see a ski. That's a Chowski. Chowski. Those are the Wachowski. We've had, uh, we've had uh, Dave Rozowski and Craig Kikowski in here. Oh, yeah. Those so we should have asked them. Right. Yeah, yeah what we were didn't. They Kikowski, but he had a CK in the middle of his name, so yeah. you knew. These guys with the CH, what are they doing? What are they doing? They trying I to can't even say and the did, And did Lana like go all the way? Lana's all the way? Yeah. Like, I believe so. All aftermarket parts now? I think so. Wow. She might be single. 
Bart, get on it. And gave a very heartfelt speech, I think, recently about the transition. Uh, I don't want to. That Bruce Jenner will not I make do it. Want, do not want to derail <laughs> this with Bruce Jenner talk, but I just realized or just learned that that's actually a thing, that this is actually it, happening. It's really happening. For think yeah. three really months, I thought it was just bullshit tabloid just contriving and photoshopping pictures of him becoming a woman. Like maybe he let his hair grow out so they Yeah, because I didn't hear anything from him. I, I am so thrilled that this is happening because this man won a gold medal, not just for any sport, but for the sport that says, I am the best at everything. Decathlon. The decathlon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not I'm a just a man. I'm such a man. I, I won. Wheaties. That's right. <laughs> I mean, I'm a Greek god. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I compare it to the gods on Olympus. I ran faster than you. I jumped farther, higher, through longer, everything. I love that. He would own high school uh, gym class. He would. Yeah. He was very good at the rope. Now yeah. they won't let Come him near high school gym class. <laughs> <laughs> but let's get back to the Wachowski-Kowskis. Okay. <clears throat> because we mentioned something in here about how they don't give a damn, and I think that's refreshing. We talked about this a little bit just in our brief chat before the show. That, yeah, they, it, it's kind of refreshing how, how they're just doing their own thing. So it's worth seeing. Now, have I liked much of it? No. In fact, I like The Matrix, and that might yeah. be about it. I, Speed Raider was Speed Racer was kind of entertaining. Cloud Atlas and The Matrix sequels I did not dig. But I think what they do is worth seeing because of the risk and the scope that they put into it. I, If it's free. Well, I think you get to do <laughs> If you know it. someone in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> I think you get to do that once, and then you got to go back to making stuff I like. So Cloud Atlas, I'll give you that. I'll give you, I'll give you your... F you movie. I don't care what you think. I'll do what I want. But after, if you just keep doing that, then I'm going to lose interest and I'm not going to go watch your movies, right? So I need you to come back to the thing that we like. And then if you want to do, you know, let's every sixth one you can tell me to f screw off, right? But you can't just keep making Cloud Atlas after Cloud Atlas after Cloud Atlas, right? Well, I, the, the the thing here that could switch it all is Channing Tatum. Like he's coming off a year where he had a huge box office hit with. 22 Jump Street, a surprisingly huge one, given the summer competition, yeah, and critical acclaim in Foxcatcher. So it's kind of like this dude's a golden boy and he can do whatever he wants. So will that be enough, his presence, to bring more people to that than SpongeBob, which will probably win the weekend? I don't know. Question in the back, Karen. I just remembered what movie should be coming out in February. Okay. Magic, Magic Mike, Mike 2. Uh, XXL. Nice. Yeah. Holy shit! Paul. Okay, so I was walking uh, to the bedroom past the second bedroom. Talk slowly. I was walking to the bedroom. I was going to go read 20 Shades or whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever the fuck. Anyway, and Paul, shades of green. Paul was in the office. Is this where you just stood up and pointed at the screen? You did something. I did that for the Walking Dead cover because I know you oh, like uh, what's oh, the new Norman Reedus. Magic Mike? Paul Norman just Reedus. got out of the way for the... the no, there's a trailer now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, so he's like, here, here we go. And he was kind of like defeated already. And I look over, and it's this magic mic nonsense that was so hot and awesome and amazing. And I'm like, is it coming out in, in like a week or two weeks? Are we previewing it for the show? And it's coming out in July. But I wonder expecting about, big things. Pardon me. I do wonder about that Channing Tatum connection that you just pointed out, which is interesting. When did he sign on for this? Oh, he must have and signed on before. Long time ago. Right? So a long time right. ago. So I don't know if there was any real strategizing behind, mm -mm. you know, Fox, Fox catcher and everything else that's out there for him, and he may even have lobbied to get it. Hey, put it in January so nobody will notice. Again, the Julianne <laughs> Moore. All of a sudden, he's getting all yeah. this love, so they're like, shove that out there. It's February. 
All right, well, let's talk about uh, Julian Moore for a second. Okay, I like her. And I think we all remember when Eddie Murphy was nominated for Best Supporting Actor for Dreamgirls, and during the Oscar campaign for that movie, Norbit came out, and some say the horribleness of that film hurt Eddie Murphy's chance of winning the statue. Ooh. With Oscar contenders Julianne Moore, yep. who we mentioned, and Eddie Redmayne showing up in their own February Norbits, <laughs> this begs a question. Why weren't these performances Oscar-nominated, right? From mm-hmm. Seventh Son oh. and uh, whatever, Jupiter. So to help us figure that out, and figure out where they went wrong, we brought in our resident experts. Please welcome the Oscar Doctors. Theme song! Paula, I think you're starting to phone in your segment IDs. All right, so now, (laughs) you guys are professional consultants to major studios on how they can get their films into awards season, yeah? That's right, Paul. Before Universal called us in, Dallas Buyers Club was actually a story about a clone in a futuristic society fighting a totalitarian overlord in the name of free will. We were like, ease back, ease back. Yeah, take it down there a notch, Dallas Buyers Club. Get some AIDS in there. But keep the struggle for the little guy. Have Jared Leto lose some weight and boom, you got yourself a movie. Boom! Okay, so... This year, Julianne Moore is the frontrunner Best Actress nominee for her portrayal of a woman in the grip of Alzheimer's disease in Still Alice. But she also plays the evil witch Mother Malkin in Seventh Son. Now, how could that movie and Julianne Moore's performance have gotten nominated? Easy. You have the dragons and the giant sloths and the whatnot. Put them in internment camps. Make them slaves. Ooh, slavery. Hot topic. A lot of guilt there. It takes a lot of guilt to win a whole lot of guilt. Hey, did you just make that up? I certainly did. There's a lot of levels to that joke. Also, weight gain. What? Juliana Moore, she gains weight in this movie, right? Well, she turns into a dragon. I mean, that's some weight gain, I suppose. Light show Lee's Theron and Monster. The Academy loves that shit, Paul. The seventh son has got to have some sibling issues. Ooh, I was the second son, and my brother and I, we never got along. Absolutely. So, he's troubled, he turns to drugs. Ooh, get some heroin addiction in there. Change the title to Chasing the Dragon, and boom, you got yourself a got movie. Got yourself a movie. Boom. <laughs> All right, listen, Jupiter Ascending. Let's talk about that. Now, besides being a waste of a good Pink Floyd song title, mm-hmm. it's also the story of an interplanetary war sparked by the death of a queen. One of the sons going to war over the inheritance is Eddie Redmayne. Now, Eddie Redmayne is the winner of the Golden Globe for Best Actor in a movie that doesn't star Michael Keaton. Now, what could Eddie Redmayne have done to bring attention to his role in Jupiter Ascending? That's a good one, Paul. Uh, ooh, give him ALS. Yep. What? Lou Gehrig's disease. Well, that, that's what he has in The Theory of Everything, where he plays Stephen Hawking. It's too soon for ALS. No, not at all. He's got that computery voice, that space chair. It all fits in. Plus... It's an ailment. You gotta have an ailment. So this is about an alien invasion? Mila Kunis plays a housekeeper, right? Immigration message. message. Topical. But make her have to go through the immigration process. So she can marry her transgendered love, Channing Tatum. And she has Alzheimer's. Just to play it safe. Oh, then the cops beat them up because they're a different race. They organize a march. She forgets where the march is because she has Alzheimer's. And boom. Boom! You got yourself a movie! Okay, listen. Well, the other movie out this week doesn't have any Oscar nominees, but I'm just curious, how would SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water, get the attention of the Academy? Holocaust! Holocaust. And And boom! boom, You you got got yourself a movie! movie. All right, get the hell out of here, Oscar (laughs) Doctors. The Oscar Doctors, everybody. They came in to help, I guess. So they... I like that you actually kind of sung the words theme song. I yelled them, really. Please, theme song. You just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was I think the music made you think I was singing them. <laughs> I thought it was something cool. I think that happens <gasps> in a lot of pop songs. Boo, you you hear music. A theme 
Yeah, right. Tell you what you do. You take that Lonnie Anderson, Gary Coleman, a couple car chases, boom, that's your movie right there. Yeah. I think when you hear, <laughs> like Mariah Carey, you hear music underneath her and you think she's singing. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing. <laughs> right? It's just like the Prairie sing. Home Companion. They do a lilty thing with their voice. It's yeah. a joke. Yeah. That is right. comedy. It's an illusion They of say humor. the sentence in such a way. And it's funny. It's funny. <laughs> Right, let's get to our final film. It's another animated film from Nickelodeon that begs the question. So you think you're sponge-worthy? <laughs> it's SpongeBob, Sponge Out of Water. Lee? Now, if you slipped into a coma in 1999 and just woke up, then you're totally off the hook when it comes to knowing who SpongeBob SquarePants is. Uh, this is the sequel to SpongeBob SquarePants movie from 2004, which makes it the best man holiday of cartoon sequels. SpongeBob's return is good news for kids who like something new to happen every six seconds. <laughs> now, this cartoon ranks really high among Nickelodeon viewers ages 2 to 11, and it's also popular among ages 18 to 35 who rank as really high. Once again... <laughs> Plankton tries to steal the recipe for Krusty Krab's famous Krabby Patties, but is foiled by SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward, who thwart Plankton's scheme and, in the process, make movie reviewers at the New York Times have to describe this plot in print mere weeks after turning in their review for American Sniper. But when the recipe actually does come up missing, the town of Bikini Bottom is thrown into chaos, and SpongeBob and his friends take to the land and become 3D CGI characters to ensure moviegoers that this is, in fact, a movie. That's right. Today's Sponge... Bob... <laughs> Adventure brings him out of the depths of the ocean and right into our world. And much like the Today Sponge, Bob's movie is a great form of birth control. The mere thought of having to take my child to a movie like this is enough to make me want to give myself a vasectomy. Again. Then it becomes a fish out of water story, which could be the first time a movie with that plot device ends as most actual fish out of water stories do, with the main character on the beach dying of starvation. On land, the team meets the villain who has stolen the Krabby Patties, Burger Beard, played by Antonio Banderas. Little trivia, this is the first time Antonio Banderas has played Burger Beard since Ballistic X versus Burger Beard. <laughs> I just want to stop and say, that's the dumbest joke that, that's ever been said on the show. I love it. In order to combat him and fill out a necessary movie demographic, the gang becomes superheroes. It all seems to be a lot of screaming, noise, and random words. Even the movie itself feels like it's being pummeled. Ah! Oh, make it stop, Crabs! Make it stop! Now, I don't have any children, and quite frankly, I didn't enjoy being one myself, so I have no point of reference for this movie. Even, having, even after having watched the trailer several times, I'm still not sure what the plot is about. Then it occurred to me, maybe we need a child's perspective on this. So, we asked the movie guy's resident three-year-old, Paulina Plotoskova, to explain the movie to us. Okay, the sound people capture robots and drive and sell them in a garage sale. Kind of like garage sale, but except they're selling robots. Actually, I think she was explaining the plot to Star Wars. Jesus Christ, Paul, give her a break. She is three years old, you know. All right, there you go. That's... I will be honest with you. Uh, watching this trailer, it seemed like just non sequitur, stupid, 
nonsensical. I couldn't make any sense of it. But the plot description you gave at the top of this, I was like, hey, that sounds interesting. I might have to tune this <laughs> Does in. Does it really? Yeah. yeah. See, I'd go more for the, the rapid-fire lunacy. And I have a feeling the, plot the plot's going to make a hell of a lot more sense than Jupiter Ascending's plot. <laughs> Mark's right. It might be true. Really? I, Once again, Plankton tries to steal the recipe for Krusty's Crab's famous Krabby Patties, but is foiled by SpongeBob, Patrick, and Squidward, who thwart Plankton's scheme and in the process make the movie... Re- that actually makes me want to see Okay, it. now read the SpongeBob plot. <laughs> All right, so uh, about three weeks ago, I know for a fact that this has a billboard because about three weeks ago I was doing my fact. It has fact. a billboard. It yeah. has a billboard, so it's a February movie with a little bit of a budget. But I was driving on Sunset Boulevard and I had to stop to go to this uh, mailbox place, so I parked mail behind Mail Strip Club. Mailbox. Mail ma- it's box called the Mailbox. Oh god, nice. that'd be awesome. Transgender strip club, the Mailbox. <laughs> so I parked up in the back, and in LA, there's all these canyons and, and that you kind of thing. You parked in the back of the mailbox. I did. So I, I'm trying to tell you that I was off the beaten path to go to the Mailbox Club. <laughs> And I get out of my car, and it was like something from a movie, because they were putting up the SpongeBob ba- uh, billboard. And it's huge, and it's way up on these cranes. They had three cranes going, and as part of putting it up, they were videotaping it and making kind of big deal out of it. And the entire valley, this little canyon, was full of bubbles. Where was this? It was unbelievable. It was on Wait, like sunset. Wait, actual bubbles or posters of bubbles? Bubbles. Oh, wow. Actual bubbles. It was as if it were snowing bubbles. And because I just happened to be in the right place oh, at the right time. Bubbles, not the actress bubbles. No. Okay. They had giant bubble machines well, you on were the, at the billboard. Mail- you were at the mailbox. I thought bubbles came over and said hello. <laughs> it was really cool. And I took pictures because it was just so L.A. You just kind of looked up and there was a SpongeBob thing with bubbles everywhere. So why not summer for this? Uh... It's a, it's like a bright in the beach summer. movie. You yeah. Know, that, yeah, switch you know. it with the Triple X one with the hot dudes. I don't know if Stout- Soderbergh is directing that Magic Mike <laughs> oh, sequel. But there's still men and glistening nothing. Yeah, you don't give a damn about it's that It's going to be great. Yeah. But, but, you know I'm a movie guy when I'm like, I don't think Soderbergh's directing that. <laughs> Half America like, doesn't give a shit. I'm just going, there's a director. <laughs> there's an oily Chan- Channing Tatum. I don't care who's directing and that. And Matthew McConaughey, is he back? I didn't see him. Oh. Ooh. No, too big now. I did not see the first mm. magic. Oh, it's good. Yeah. It is good. Yeah. yeah. That was good. But you know, now there's too many animated movies in the summer. You know, oh, when we point. were kids, it was like one animated movie a year. And then and one now there's, superhero movie. There's one every week in the summer. Well, here's what I think there's happened. No room. The 2D movies got clogged up, right? Like there was one every summer. There was a Little Mermaid or whatever. And then then there started to be more and more. And then they got really clogged up when there were 2D movies all the time. Then they went away. Then the 3D movies popped up. There was one. Mm-hmm. It was Toy Story. Then something else. Then the DreamWorks kicked in. Da, da, da. And now there's tons of 3D ones. It's getting clogged up again. So I don't know what's next. That this all these 3D. go away and something else comes up. By the way, this is 3D. Yeah. No, I mean 3D animation. Like it's, oh, okay. it's computer, computer generated. generated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a 2D hand This is stuff. both, though. No, but wait. This, this is, is a 3D both. movie. This is in 3 It's projected it's in, in 3D. 3D. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it's not 3D animation. Oh, that's the D you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, I was with you, Karen. I, I thought you were talking about the, the other D. The other D. The double yeah. Ds. Double Ds. Mm. Now see, 3D animation yeah, is that would made be with computers. Some Hayek. What? 3D projection <laughs> We are still talking about Antonio Banderas. Antonio Banderas. Mm. <laughs> but the 3D projection uh, is just a scam to charge $20 a ticket. That's absolutely right? true. I mean, it gets, it, the, we, are, we are not... <laughs> We are not demanding this. I had that at American Sniper the other day. I bought a gold pass, an AMC gold pass where I work, because they're eight bucks. And then you should be able to go to the movie. Now, 
Now they charge you $2 in certain AMC theaters to go to a movie after 4 o'clock with the gold pass you already paid $8 oh, wow. for, which is supposed to be cheaper. And Grandpa it was at their... <laughs> it was at their... Uh, uh, Dolby Prime or ETX or whatever. So there was another five bucks. Next wow. thing you know, I'm paying uh, fourteen bucks for the movie anyway. The free eight dollar movie was fourteen dollars. Yes, the free eight dollar <laughs> movie was fourteen dollars. I was gonna do Grandpa. Paul, <laughs> Grandpa, everybody, <laughs> Grandpa, movie guys. American Sniper. That's a movie I think should have been in three D. Think really? about, it. think about it, think about it. Yeah, you kind of, you kind of. <laughs> I'm like, oh, creepy. <laughs> Be shooting people. Oh, yeah, well, you, you dilute the message. Oh, okay. I think if you right. goof it, that would be a great uh, American Sniper. Would be a great uh, video game movie. Musical. M- musical. musical. <laughs> it'd be a great ballet. <laughs> no, it'd be a great video game, wouldn't it? I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure it will be. Whole, yeah. It's gotta Did be. Did I just not They're say all. dilute the message? You're diluting the message. <laughs> oh. I think all video games are American Sniper, aren't they? Right? Yeah, they're thinking. all pretty much. Oh, my God. When Paul and I went on vacation two weeks ago, we were in Miami, and we were walking down this really seedy area by our hotel, of course. Called Miami. Called Miami. <laughs> and I looked around. I'm like, have you driven down these streets when you played... Um, oh, Vi- uh, yeah, Grand Theft Auto, Grand Vice Theft City. Auto? <laughs> yes. I swear to God, <laughs> yes, you I did. did. I recognize this corner. That's where I ass- assaulted a hooker. <laughs> no, you, what you familiar. do is you take the hooker, and you go behind the... the the bushes with her, right? Mm-hmm. And then the bushes start shaking, and your your health goes up, and your money goes down. Oh, God. <laughs> so that's his, but I stole a tank <laughs> in that game from the army and sold it to a drug dealer. <laughs> that game is the greatest game there is. I mean, where else are you going to do that? I that's for the fucking future. great. Anyway. I don't want to wax philosophic, but anyway. I find it disturbing that as a society, when you're given a choice to Grandpa, do an act... <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm sorry. Moving. Something. Anyway. No, no. You, that, you were right to end it there. End it there. I find it disturbing as a society. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. The game on? No, I, I thank you, Karen. I thank you. Mark what? hasn't even been introduced yet. He's like, yeah. Mark. Well, I introduced him at the yeah. top. I know. We're all here. We all know who everybody is. That's right. And we know who Lee did that thing that just happened. <laughs> Bart Let me just tell you it. a quick story about oh, when I was Lord. doing kids' yes. parties. Not my finest moment. Oh, it's the greatest. Um, I'm glad you know, you among other things, I would play Batman or Red Warrior, where they didn't have the rights to be a Power Ranger. Purple Dinosaur? Purple Dinosaur, that kind of thing. Never did Purple Dinosaur, thankfully. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, the worst was Batman-type rubber outfit in Rancho Cucamonga. You know, 98 degrees. You, it just you sweating. that ball. Rancho Cucamonga? Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho Cucamonga! Thank you, Mr. Povino. Okay. Um, I played SpongeBob once, but they gave it to me like same day. It's like, we need you to do SpongeBob real quick. And so, this is before the internet and before TiVo and everything. Yeah, so I'm like, it was like 2002. I go out, I don't know. I, so I go out, I don't know anything about SpongeBob. So I've got a big sponge thing, and I work these little hands on the inside, <laughs> and I'm walking around, I got brown pants or whatever on, but I don't know anything. So I don't know what to say or what mm-hmm. to do. So a kid eventually comes up to me, and he goes, and I can't even remember what he said because I still don't know it. But I guess he has a he has a catchphrase or two. SpongeBob, do you know the SpongeBob catchphrases? Uh, no. Dad, dad in the yeah. room. No. no. <laughs> um. Yeah, but it's something like you know, I I don't know what it is, but pretend it's up and away or something, right? So then they'd say, say the catchphrase. I'd be like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you say it. <laughs> and then they up and away, and I go up and away. <laughs> Holy shit. No, that's a brilliant move. You yeah. say, say it. it. Well, I can only say it if you say it. Yeah, you say it better than me. Let's all say it. 
Did it you must have been the world's biggest giantest SpongeBob to some little kid. How terrifying! Yeah, it's true. Yeah. That'd be so. Scary. Were you in an official? They have people your size in the theme park. Mark, yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Not six You're three. You're gigantic. Yeah. I was Clifford the Big Red Dog once. That I get. That makes sense. Yeah, or, or Big or Bird. Big Red Dog. Well, they were playing more to your slobbering than your height on that one. Yeah. Thank you very much. With that, they had a head on that was so huge, like the, Again. the snout. Was, was like three feet out in front of my face, and the eye holes were at the end of the snout. Like I couldn't see anything. Brilliant. And the worst thing about Batman is I'd walk around and it would be so hot that the sweat would just gather. In like I'd lean over to talk to kids because I'm so tall, and I'd lean over and I'd be talking to them, and the sweat would be gathering in the nose, right? Until I stood up, and then the sweat would spill out the cutout part of the mouth and all down my chest, and then like you know the. 50-year-old dads or whatever throwing the party. Hello, hot for you there, Batman. <laughs> Screw you guys. My, my, I, have uh, a, I have a real career elsewhere. In Minneapolis, uh, my roommate there for years, he played uh, his, he was the Ronald McDonald of Minneapolis. Shut up. And one time, oh, one of his jobs awesome. was to go to uh, the halftime of uh, Timberwolves game, and it was all these costume characters playing basketball against each other which was truly the most brilliant thing especially if you were high to watch <laughs> these guys like one guy was like a, a tree with no arms so he just ran around like this and the <laughs> ball would hit him in the face and those and, make me laugh and oh my god man so awesome. so barney was there ronald was there and then crunch is like the super athlete uh mascot of the timberwolves and he's this wolf that's all jockey oh, okay. and he's got little shorts on and he, uh, he's just like dunking the basketball and everything. So Barney's playing center and Barney's just like, eh, <laughs> First of around. all, this is already amazing. I love there's positions Barney's that he's keeping playing track center, of. Tree guys bouncing off the <laughs> Tree wall. guy, small power forward. <laughs> and R Ronald gives Crunch a little bounce pass, you know, Crunch drives to the basket and just levels Barney. And you know, there's 15,000 people in the arena. <laughs> And Barney goes sprawling out, and Barney's head flies oh. off and goes rolling away. And th the horror in this this arena <laughs> as Barney is decapitated is the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's awesome. I saw a similar thing at the Macy's parade. That's awesome. The Barney balloon went by, and his leg got caught on a lamppost, and it tore open and started to flail around, and people was like, yeah! <laughs> like, Poor Barney. No respect for Barney. Barney's awful. Now, that's when being a parent sucks. Barney's the worst fucking thing. Can I say that? Yeah. How old? Yeah. How old? Uh, uh, when do you finally let that go? Did they let that go? Uh, they're they're smart. They're like, I'm done with this. Oh, okay. as, as soon as they're able to tell you that to stop <laughs> putting, they're that trying on. to speak. <laughs> they're learning to speak just to say that. They're like, Dad. Oh God. Next week. Next week. <laughs> Someday. Stop. The Barney. <laughs> That's he awesome. spoke. He spoke. What did he say? Uh, did he say dad? No. No. I had a friend who was a clown um, working for uh, Ringling, and he went to this thing. It was like, it was uh, an opening of a, of a sports event as well, I believe, right? And they brought out a whole bunch of people who had uh, wheelchairs, and they were um, affectionately referred to as... Uh, this Wheelies. is wrong, but ro yeah. rockers. Rockers. Hot wheels. Rock back and forth. A lot of them yeah. couldn't so of them control had... the wheelchair with their hands or anything, so they had to do it with their mouth because they couldn't move their arms. Yeah, and they had the gear coming up all yeah. the way, their neck, holding their neck up. So basically, they had a small area around their eyes that was 
like a target. Basically, oh, the circus was having a nice show for people who normally don't get to go to the sure. circus. Yeah. That's yeah. what we're trying to say. So the media would come out to that, right? So all mm-hmm. sorts of cameras and people and stuff showing up and the camera guys sit up the thing. All right, here we go. The clowns are going to make everybody <laughs> laugh. This will be good for everybody. So my friend goes out and he's got this hat. You know, the hats are very... Select. Sh- yeah, they're like... Sh- they're. Um, they're hardened, so they can move real quick. Boom! You want to flap it on your head. You want to throw it up in the air. You want to spin it around. It's nice and. Uh, and they spin and, it and juggle it. Yeah. They needed to have some shellac structure. is a good word. So he wants to throw it to a kid. So he throws it on the ground like and a, it, and it skips like a frisbee, and it finds that one area and just goes tong right in the guy's face, and the guy. This kind of oh. takes a second. And, he puts and everybody in the audience saw this happen. Yeah. So again, they're all just t- mortified, waiting to see what the kid's going to do. Because the kid doesn't have much mo- movement. He can't Not speak. Not a lot of motor skills here. The one time he speaks and moves, he does this. He just goes, fuck you! <laughs> right? <laughs> and oh. so then a room full of, fuck you! Fuck they all start you! yelling, fuck you! <laughs> so the camera guy's like, oh, maybe we can put the <laughs> lens brilliant. on, put that back in the case. Uh, I, I love that he... For the day. Yeah, fuck you. Why is someone hitting him in the face? He's yeah. trying to watch clowns. And I love he got the support from all the yeah. other chairs there. Like yeah, you. fuck you. That's, That's so awesome. Tragic and hilarious. Yeah. But yeah. that had nothing to do with the hat. It was just, you're a clown. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> He's been trying to get this out for the last half hour. This right. <laughs> is bad timing. He's been fighting back from a disease that has hampered his speech, yeah, so he could right. say, fuck <laughs> you, to the clown, because he knew he was going. <laughs> All right, now speaking of uh, silly shit, uh, let's get to our guest and do some guest oh, time. Yeah. He's been... Uh, Featured in the Polar Express, an epic movie, and the films I mentioned earlier, as well as loads of TV, and can now be sort of seen in the new Amazon Prime original project, Mad Dogs. It's Mark Povanelli. Let's talk about Mad Dogs for a second, because I watched that, and it's not a movie, it's not a TV show. It's a, It seems like it's part of a bigger thing, you were telling me, a pilot project of sorts on well, Amazon. Well, no, no, Amazon's trying to become the next Netflix. Right. So they are just releasing, instead of just putting out Orange is New Black, 13 episodes, done, or House of Cards, they dump seven different projects for people to vote on, pilots, and it's their pilot season. And then at the end of a month or so, then they pick one or two projects that then they make a season out of. So we need to get everybody to vote for yours. Yeah, that'd be yeah, great. Yeah, because it just uh, came out on the 14th, right? Uh, or somewhere around there? Yeah. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. So, something so it's like at that. Amazon? So yeah, it's Amazon. You just punch in Mad Dogs at Amazon. And Do this, people. Go and vote for um, Mad Dogs at Amazon. And it's no joke. It's got uh, awesome. Romani Melko, who I love, mm-hmm. um, Michael Imperioli and Steve Zahn, who are great, and Ben Chaplin. Um, who's no joke, and Billy Zane. So, like, all the main guys are, are guys you love and you've seen before and stuff. And they spend some cat. I mean, it's, uh, yeah. you know, I mean, they shoot uh, in I'm biased. Uh, no, Puerto oh. Rico. Okay. Oh, that's cool. yeah. Did you have to go on location? I did have to go on location. Cool. And actually, Belize isn't nice enough. They wanted to make it very exotic. And it's it's very much, they go to Billy Zane's house, and he's this multimillionaire that lives on the <laughs> ocean. And they went to Belize to try to find places that would, kind of live up to that and they couldn't find it <laughs> so they ended up in Puerto Rico and for regular listeners of the show um, please don't tell Billy to listen to our show last week so 
We took a pretty big dump on Billy's. Oh, did you really? <laughs> oh, I forgot. It was the Titanic. Just, oh, uh, well, it was, the, yeah. the shooting and running yeah. and how we just yeah. cared about the people that No, we like him. Yeah. I like him. We kid because we love. Yeah, we went on about how great the Phantom is. I mean, that no, who's doing that? So did you work with all those gentlemen? Yeah, my big scene is all with them all over. Oh, it's, it's kind of like the Ocean's Eleven of Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's got a <laughs> oh, wait a minute darker oh. twist. What is Mad Dogs about? Though? Yeah, uh, I call it The Hangover meets Breaking Bad. It's awesome. basically these okay. four guys. I'll buy that. They're five yeah. friends, and four of them go to visit their fifth friend that is now this multimillionaire, seeming into some nefarious stuff down in Belize, and he's a big douchebag. It's Billy Zane. Oh, <laughs> played by and, the beloved uh, Billy Zane, and he kind of treats them all like shit. They're fed up with it. They want to get out of there. He steal, They steal some guy's boat, and they're caught up in some kind of illegal stuff, and then kind of weird shit happens at the end. Now, Paul, Dead you said Mark. we could barely see him. Yeah, what's that all about? He is masked in his role. Yes. The whole time? That's all I will say. Uh, in this episode. Oh. Do you play now, a dog? So more, that was the question. Did, yeah. you, did you make more? Not yet. No. no. So they really does count on the voting. Uh, so they say. Okay. Yeah. Because you think you get all those guys involved, they would want. And plus, when you watch it, you want to know what happens next. There's an ending to this. That's like, brilliant. Gaga. I need to have more. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I will vote. It's. Uh, it was fun. It was a fun. So I hold a gun. Because it's kind of dark. In this, and I never. I'm not a gun shooting guy. Well, no, I wouldn't think that you scream gun shooting gun toting. Not a slinger. Not a slinger. And the damn thing's really heavy, and you got to act like a badass. It's all those real bullets. I when, mean, uh, and you're extended full on for doing this for a couple hours, you know, shooting yeah. and reshooting, it? and it's a long scene. And I'm like, ah, this isn't looking very in- intimidating. As my hand. Did shaking. you ask Michael Imperioli how to do it? Because he yeah, was right. always throwing a gun around. <laughs> I don't in Sopranos. think he's ever held a gun either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a great story about when he was on Sopranos, like the first time he was on Sopranos, and and uh, he he didn't have a driver's license. And, Is that right? and he had to drive a car in a scene, and he said, I don't know how to drive. And they said, well, you're just backing it up out of the alley. And he said, of course, the first thing he did is just took a big chunk out of the back end. And he said, this is how I knew I was on a real show. He, they, they, he was driving like a Lincoln Town car or something, and he crunched it. And they go, cut, get the other car. Wow. They just brought, <laughs> they just brought in the second Lincoln Town wow. car. Like, wow, yeah. they're spending some money on this. So. That's yeah. cool. I did an El Cheapo cool. movie called Project Viper that was on Sci-Fi Channel. And I had to drive. The, the whole shot was... I pull up to the building where it's like a NASA building. It was an electronic place, whatever, out in the valley. And me and this other guy get out and we go in because there's shit going down and we're, we're kind of like cops or security. So I pull up, you know, as I do. I'm driving, right? So I pull up, put the car in park, undo my seatbelt, da-da-da, and the director's like, could you get out of the fucking car today? It's <laughs> <laughs> like, oops. So no seatbelt, right? Because we got to get out of the yeah. car and get the hell in the building. We don't have a whole lot of time to be practical about that kind of God, stuff. Did he really say those words? Yeah. Well, it was Jim Wynorski, if anyone oh, knows okay. Jim Wynorski, director of Chopping Mall. He's notorious yeah, for okay. screaming oh, at everybody all day, mall. bringing everybody around at the end of the day, apologizing, and then showing up the next day, and, <laughs> and we all scream, do it again. Screaming at everybody. <laughs> yeah. So how long was your shoot? Uh, I was down there about a week or yeah. so, week and a half. And the crazy thing, so I'm wearing this big, weird-ass cat mask. Oh, and cool. The whole and time. The whole time. And I'm, Man. you know, kind of So how do we know everybody. it's you, Mark? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, the credits. Okay. Pretty much that's I'm it. I have to go with the credits. Uh, and I can't see a... Di- it's the same thing we are just talking about. I can't see a damn thing in this mask. And I'm, like, having to do all this stuff to Romney and, and, and intimidating everybody. And I'm looking at, like, you know, this... I can't, my, my eyes are over here. I can't see a damn thing the whole time. 
Yeah. Yeah. Puppy paid better than I was. Out in Rancho Cucamonga. Rancho. Yeah. But so, oh, check that out. And the thing I found out just before the show, actually, yeah, when I was researching it, I didn't realize it when I watched it, is it's from Sean Ryan. Now, if you're a fan of The Shield, that is your that is your creator of The Shield, Sean Ryan. And uh, I've been waiting for whatever he wanted to do next. He did the the unit there for a while, right? And, and I don't he had know a what... show called Terriers for about five minutes. I Fox, remember that. I think. And that was out of San Diego, I think. They shot that in San Diego, didn't is that they? Right? Yeah. Yeah, but I know that one. But I'll see whatever he does next because I was claiming a lot of shows out there have bad seasons. The Shield did not. And The Shield yeah. got the best performance of all time out of Anthony Anderson. When they would bring in oh. Forrest Whitaker for a season, it was the best. When they brought in Glenn Close for a season, it was the best. Like, they never were bad, ever. Mm-hmm. That show was always good to the very end. So I'll see whatever he does Talking next. Talking about so. good, Better Call Saul comes out, I think, in a week and a half? Yeah, in, Next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah. Okay. Next, uh, next Sunday, Monday. So excited. You're not in that, are you, Mark? I'm not. So let's stay on topic, Karen. Okay. <laughs> I just got excited. But speaking of things that Karen will love that uh, Mark was in, yes. you were in Mirror, Mirror. Yes. Would With- you call that the friendlier of the two Snow White movies? Uh, I think so. That and Snow White and the Huntsman. Came yeah. The I mean, time, ours right? was dumb and silly, and theirs was very serious. It was very serious. Yours was so fun, and Julia Roberts is so beautiful. Okay. Did you work with Julia? I did. Well, I mean, I I worked amongst her. Yeah. We never really had any scenes together, but she was around. And they brought us in. Uh, so we're the seven dwarves, but mm-hmm. uh, they they bring us in a month early, uh, unbeknownst to us, for fight training. Oh, fun. Yeah, except that there was never any intention that we would actually do any stunts and fighting. So the point was? The the point was to basically sequester the seven of us together to have us all get along. You You got paid scale? Well, they pay us a lump sum, and then they can keep you for basically the rest of your, you know, as long as they want. So That sounds so fun. They bring us in, and we're sitting there for literally a month going... What the hell? Like we did nothing except we'd go and you know do this yeah. for like an hour, and then we'd go drink. For that like sounds brilliant. So let me ask this: as a little person, you're working with all these other little people, right? Isn't it already kind of a small community anyway? Did we you already all know knew each other right? anyway? You're like, yeah, hey, like, Mike, hey, Steve, hey, Alan, <laughs> totally. Hey, we got a month on these assholes because no, they don't think we well, know also, each other. Isn't the classic yeah. story about the Munchkins? They all just got hammered. On the yeah, side of the it's, it's, I should probably dr- break the mold, shouldn't I? Like, <laughs> we went to the library and wrote, you know, <laughs> we studied poetry. Yeah. You were doing sonnets. Yeah, right. but you knew it. I mean, every, you we knew all knew each yeah. other, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I should have acted offended and be like, "What? You think we all know each other?" But we totally do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We do. But you got to hang out with her, though, right? Well, I meant because you're Italian. Uh, right. Right. Yeah, yeah, Italian. Italian. All the right. Italians. Italian. Italian. Uh, totally yeah, a little bit. Uh, th- my my. She was extremely nice. Her kids were there. My kids were there at the same time. And she was very nice about like, your kids can t- actually touch my kids. And I well, would, you know like, why? Because she, she actually got them vaccinated. Ah, yeah. Right. So she's not an anti-vaccination <laughs> right. gal. But we. So she has a. So then she leaves. So they shoot all her stuff while we're doing our little fighting. Uh-huh. You know, <laughs> drinking fighting. Yeah. And uh, and by the end, literally, we did want to kill each other. After that point, oh, yeah. we're like, <laughs> oh my god, it was perfect. Yeah. So uh, so they shoot all of her stuff, and then she gets out of there, and then it's on to everybody else in the movie. And uh, so she throws a great big party at the W Hotel the night she's leaving. Really wonderful pace for the whole thing. It's a big blowout. And uh, I'm talking to her a bit, 
And she's like, how's it going? And I said, well, you know, the real good movie here would be to just tape the seven of us hanging out because that would be really interesting. And she tells me the story. She says, oh, I got this story about um, I was talking to George about Ocean's Eleven and, and I'm sitting in my head going. I'm fucking talking to Julia Roberts, and she's talking to me about George. Oh, like, I think so I know who George is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I've done the math. Yeah. So uh, essentially, those guys all hung out together, and there was one guy they hated, and she wouldn't tell me who it was, but there was one guy they hated, and George, and she's like, "Oh, that's so bad." And he goes, "No, it's perfect because every group needs one person to hate because everybody else can bond wait about minute, that one person." There's one of the Ocean's Eleven guys that they hated. That's what she said. Don't oh, put don't, it together. Don't say Lee, it. Don't say partly it. stop. Because we had one of the Ocean Eleven guys here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Who'd you have? Uh, the the Ocean's Eleven guy, guy. Eddie Jemison. <laughs> okay, Livingston. <laughs> yeah. Dell? He was like ten or eleven. Yeah, yeah. that's fine. Uh, Livingston Dell. I don't know. Okay, he was in all three of them. He was <laughs> one of the eleven. Was Mark Elliot Gould. So I don't know. I know. Was. Everybody yeah. hated Carl Reiner. That's clear. <laughs> right? yeah, <laughs> she could have been talking about herself. It's always good that they all hate me. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. good. Well, like they say, there's an asshole in every room, and if you can't figure out who it is, George Clooney. Don't you love when the, when <laughs> celebrities use uh, their like they tell you who they are? Yeah. Hey, Tom Cruise. Yeah, I, I, no, you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> well, I, well, did, I, I, I like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. Right? I did appreciate she wasn't like George Clooney, like, uh, <laughs> yeah. and she didn't call him Georgie. Or yeah, they always right. Robbie or Bobby or, or yeah, Tommy. Right. Bobby De Niro. Yeah, yeah Bobby De Niro. Bobby. I'm good. pretty sure if I called him Bobby, he'd punch me in the I would, face. I would expect nothing yeah. less. In the mailbox. In the. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally gonna patent that. Patent pending mailbox. The mailbox strip club. Uh, oh wait, I never played this. Right, let's play this. The house, retirement, Belize. You think it's legit? I'm not your housekeeper. If something ever happens to me, this villa. It's yours. I don't know what's going on down here. You made your choices. I made mine. That's Mad Dog. Oh, so yeah. exciting with mad. the drumming. Yeah, didn't play the audio there, but the, it's yeah. lots of visuals going lots on in that trailer, more drumming. than the, the, the witty lines. And then you were also in uh, Chocolate Elephant. Right, right. Uh, with the, Reese the, Witherspoon? Yeah. Uh, and um, Water for Elephant? Julia Binoche as the yeah. elephant. Yes. Because yeah. <laughs> I confused like Water for Chocolate and Chocolate Elephant yeah. and Water sure. for Elephants. Yes. Does that happen a lot? Uh, well, when I first saw it, I was like, what the f- Are we doing a sequel to like Water for Chocolate? I didn't understand. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Mark. See, yeah. I'm not that far off. Mm-hmm. Team. Yeah. But that was like one of your first big things. Well, if you don't count Epic Movie. Oh, but, nobody, you know what? Nobody does. Actually, I want to bring it back to Epic Movie because we've had Ike Barinholtz and John Domenico and a bunch of other people in here have worked with Seltzer and Freeberg, right? Is that the director? Oh, yeah, of that? right, right. Got any Seltzer and Freeberg stories? I don't, I mean, they didn't interact with us at all, hardly. No? Crispin Glover was nuts. Yeah. But oh. that's sort of, you know, obvious. If you told me he wasn't, I'd be disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait, That'd be the story. I'm yeah. a little fuzzy on the whole. He was a party at the W. He's very gracious. Right? <laughs> Kristen Glover. His kids. I, I'm a little fuzzy on the whole Kristen Glover is nuts thing. Could you just give me a second of why he would be nuts? Crispin? Crispin. Well, Crispin? there's that. There's that. Why, I don't know why he's nuts, but I know... <laughs> like when he looks at you, does he look to the one side and not at your eyes? Oh, you don't really talk to Chris. What do you mean? No, I mean, like, you. he just doesn't relate, as people do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm starting to get the picture. I'm starting to see. This is right. why we ask these questions, That's Karen. Why I'm we learn. We want to learn. And it was one of those things that, you know, when you see a finished product, you see that it all gets... Some magic editor cuts it together and all's fine. But when you're filming it, you're going, we'll never make a movie here. <laughs> Because there's just there's just spaces and, and 
you know, herds of elephant can be passing through oh. lines and, wow. and really? lines aren't said and other lines are said and, and people turn their backs to look at the wall. I mean, things that just don't make any sense. But in your name, Crispin, you can do whatever the hell you want. You know, that makes me feel a lot better because as an actor, I try to learn the lines and sometimes mm. I get down on myself when I don't say them right. Turns out that doesn't matter. Apparently. No, not a problem. You ever see his short films? No. Yeah, Who Am I, I think it's called. I saw one of them. There's great, and he did a Q&A afterwards, and he was bizarre. It's, it's The cast is full of people with Down syndrome, and they like kill snails. It's very oh, weird. No, I don't need to see this. Yeah. Oh, hey, again, a question here from uh, from Twitter. Oh. Yeah? The Adam, Adam Witt has yes. a question. At oh, Twitter. Yes. At Twitter. <laughs> at Twitter has a question. Tell us about your time on the set of Double Dragon, no. the action movie shot in Cleveland. <laughs> Now, Mark and I discovered that we are actually from the same hometown. So we have these roots, these Cleveland roots. He was actually born in my hometown. And if you have time, talk about spin cycle or wash cycle. So Cleveland is a hotbed for uh, talent. Uh, Cleveland uh, doubles as Los Angeles. That's a good setup for a movie right there. (laughs) When you're you're deciding Cleveland Uh, should be L.A. I've been to Cleveland. It's no Los Angeles. Actually, what it is is it's supposed to be post-apocalyptic. LA. <laughs> I yeah. see so it now. Cleveland. <laughs> Cleveland. Perfect. I see it. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Okay, so I'm out of school. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life. And our mutual friend, Matt Lenhart, who was one of the bigger go-getters I knew, uh, calls me up one day and says, hey, they're filming this movie in Cleveland. You want to go down and be PAs on it? And I go, why don't you go down and get a job and then I'll come down later after you do all the work. Uh-huh. So he goes down and he Brilliant. gets a job as a PA, office PA. And a couple days later, he calls me up and says, yeah, they're looking for somebody else. I'm like, all right, then I'll come down. <laughs> so uh, I do the least amount of work possible. Of and uh, like the f- literally the f- second day I think I'm on the job, my first day was to deliver flowers to Alyssa Milano's hotel room. Nice. Boner. Okay. Boner time. Because her flight got delayed, and she must have been very upset about that, and they were apologizing. So I had this huge, bigger-than-me bouquet of flowers to give to her. The next day, we're setting up tables for lunch. You know, the crew breaks, and so Matt and my job was to set up these fold-up tables for lunch. Guy uh, comes running over and says, hey, to to me, he goes, hey, you want to be in the movie? And I turn, I'm like, actually, I'm an actor. He's like, yeah, yeah, come here. (laughs) (laughs) I have my headshot and resume right here. Yeah, whatever. And so meanwhile, know that Matt has been working like 15-hour days for like a week straight. And I sort of, I would like leave early. And and, uh, and so suddenly I'm in the movie. And and what they did, so it's post-apocalyptic L.A., Earthquakes happen all the time. They're having some battle. Uh, Scott Wolf and the, the other guy, Mark, I can't remember his name, uh, are having some kung fu battle. And uh, my job is to stand behind the rink and uh, pump a hydraulic system every time there's an earthquake to stabilize the building. And they're, I, I think when they built the hydraulic thing, they were unimpressed with its size. So they thought, forced perspective, we get a smaller guy in there to pump this, it's going to look really cool, <laughs> or they won't look really shitty like like the prop looked. So I'm standing there, and they're shooting the whole scene, right? In f- it's like they're right, b- and I know nothing at this point about film and how it's made, and I don't know anything about anything. So I'm sitting there like, this is pretty cool. I'm, I'm right in the camera. I'm in this movie. And, and then they were, I knew they were going to have a close-up of me. And it's getting late and late in the day, and, and nobody's mentioned anything about pay in this. So uh, the f- 
first AD is starts to walk over to me, and I'm thinking really quick. And I'm like, wait, I I know I'm supposed to get paid for this. Not uh, I'm I'm in enough of the movie. I've got a close up. Um, I'm gonna say that I can't come back tomorrow because I have another job, which of course I didn't. So he walks up to me and he's like, hey, hey, you know, hey, buddy. You know, we, uh, we're not going to get to you today. Can you come back tomorrow? I'm like, ah, I'd love to, but I'm working my other job. He's like, well, what's that? I had Whoops. no other job. <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> Hadn't thought that far yet. So I, the, other, the day before, I had been at the new Tower City in yeah. downtown Cleveland, yeah. the new mall, and a Gap Kids was opening up. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so excited because I I can't buy clothes that don't have like f- you know patches and fluffy animals on them. So a Gap Kids they're like halfway normal looking clothes. And I'm so excited. So it's the first thing that pops in my mind. I'm like oh, I w- I'm, I work at the Gap Kids down in Tower City. He goes no shit we're filming there next week. That's fantastic. I have two little daughters back home. Can I come into the store and get a discount and get some oh, good clothes? Man, you bet, buddy. And guess what? I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> Good night. And I walked out like, what the fuck am I going to do? I need I need to come back tomorrow. I'm not going to get paid. And I got to go to get a job at Gap Kids. So, But last part should be too hard, right? <laughs> so yeah, exactly. I do go down two days later and mock up a resume and go, I really want to work at your store. I love it. This is amazing. And they're like, well, we're just opening. Okay. And I'm like, oh my God. Can I start right away? Can I work next weekend? They're like, all right, sure. Why don't you? And I'm like, I'd like to work on Saturday. That is hilarious. Okay. So the guy comes in and I'm working at Gap Kids. I had that job for six years. Oh, oh wow. So wow. Cool. That was my, oh my God. that was my longest like non-acting like side job that I had. I, I moved up to Minneapolis and I took that stupid freaking job with me. And, I will and, say this, Mark. That's uh, Based on that story, you're the one that worked really hard. Yeah, that is right. that yeah, right? is like that is the way you work this town. Yeah. even in Cleveland, that is brilliant. Lenhart let uh, Lenhart Double Dragon f- go as soon as they said cut. You kept yeah. it going six <laughs> years. <laughs> no, Matt, Matt, Matt was a fool. He was working hard, showing up on time. You're hustling and lying and cheating and stealing. And- I probably made more money from Double Double Dragon than anybody else on that whole film. Actually. <laughs> yeah. That's the best. Well, what you should have done is you could have. That's a much better story because when you, when you're not there the next week, you go. I got fired because I had to come back and work for you guys. Oh yeah. See, I would have saved you all that trouble. But then you would have been out six years worth of work. Right. Yeah. Now, outside of Double Dragon, Mark, we ask this of everybody on the show: What is your favorite movie of all time? Okay, you know that's an impossible question. Oh. That, but, that's been told of us. All right, I, I have mine. All right. Over well, time. Okay. I'm, I actually put a little thought into this because I knew you were going to ask me this. And so here's my criteria for. A great movie okay. or something in my top I'm, my top 10 changes all the time but I, I I put a new one in the top 10 so I'm gonna bring that one up but a movie's got to have it's got to move me emotionally like laugh or cry or preferably mm-hmm. both it's got to be heavy on character development and it's got to do something that is purely cinematic that only film can do of all the artistic I genres. I know exactly what movie you're talking about. And this one has all three for me. My favorite movie. <laughs> and that is? Ghostbusters. Yes. See, how'd you? No. Uh, it's Boyhood. What? What? Yep. Like the brand new movie? The brand new one. No it's your favorite, already your favorite movie, movie of all time. Obviously, there's a plenty crazy? of others because 
your top, top 10 switches all the time, but this one just came in. Wow, really? look at that. Because wow, we did, I, wow. An 11th hour favorite. Now, obviously, being a parent, I think, has a lot to do with I it. I think you're right. Watching your kids grow up. It didn't attach us as much. Yeah. That conceit of what he did with the 12 years, to me, that ends the genre. Like, you can't make another mm-hmm. coming-of-age movie, which is, you know, a lot of our movies are that story. You can't make it again because it would never be as authentic as that movie. Yeah, I agree. That's and cool. And I like the way he changes the years. He just sort of, the kid walks by and you go, oh my God, he's older. Yeah, I tried yeah. to think of a different story you could tell with that conceit. And I don't even know that you can do an action movie. I mean, what can you do? That's what you do is yeah. the a young boy becoming a man. And how do you, you know, if you want to do the aging, like some six-year-old turns into 18, first of all, pretty much impossible, but also in, to make it into a three-month shooting process. But that kid was so authentic. Like, I think they obviously wrote the movie around who he was. And you get some, you know, 12-year-old L.A. actor out here who's going to play, like, you know, wannabe angst high school, like that faux angst mm-hmm. that that kid has mm-hmm. that we all went through but isn't really that serious. You get some... LA actor kid to play that and it's going to be miserable. It's going to be so overwrought. And that was just so so honest. I it just, really was. I really was feel like the casting director should win an award for that movie cuz they had to see that potential in that kid. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I've talked about this with the Harry Potter movies as well. Like I don't know how you peg those kids as okay, you're good and you're going to be good for 12 years or whatever. I mean, it's pretty impressive when you can find somebody and you keep them sober for that long. Yeah. Now keep them off <laughs> yeah, the drugs. Right? Keep them sober for 12 years. That's a challenge. Yeah, another kick to not being in L.A. He didn't fall into any of that yeah. stuff. He's just Eller Coltrane, and who knows? Is he going to continue acting? Do we know this kid? Yeah, I have no who idea. Who knows? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where was it filmed? Texas. So it took place in oh, Texas. Right, right. So I assume it was shot right. there. I think I he s- lives in Austin. So yeah. I saw a breakdown today for um, an audition, and they said right in there, looking for... Um, a mom, a real woman type like Patricia Arquette. She's already become a type wow. of really? mom. Hmm. Which yeah. is interesting because in the movie, she's not Hollywood at all. I love the fact that she looks like a regular person. She loses weight, gains weight. She's never skinny, skinny. She just looks like a mom. It's pretty interesting that every guy you meet, like as soon as there's beer cans at his feet, uh, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> it's not going to go well. And it's guy. totally true. Yeah. Like every guy Patricia Arquette meets, they're a great guy. And the next time you see him, beer cans, and they're holding <laughs> one, and it's six or seven at their feet. You're like, oh, here we go. Yeah. She's going to have to take the kids and get in the car and leave. I give her her character a lot of credit, too, because a lot of women characters not written like that. But she was willing to live at her friend's house on the couch to put her kids first. Mm-hmm. I thought that was pretty cool. And I like that nothing, I kept waiting for something really traumatic to happen, and nothing did, because, again, if you're telling this story about life, Mm -hmm. most of us don't have that thing that we all see in a movie, and I thought it was so... This is your favorite movie of all time. No, come on. I mean, like, I got I got a <laughs> right lot now. of other movies right in now. There. But yeah. right now, it's my favorite movie. But That's Ghostbusters cool. so you give it the Oscar. is up there. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, I, I, it, it's in my top ten. Easy. Cool. I mean, I got, like, you know, Have I got all the standards it? in the top ten. Yeah. You, yeah. I, I always say when I ask the question, I mean be, besides Star Wars. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. right, right. Have you seen Gone Girl? Because I, I really like that. I haven't. That was, like, one oh. of the... Oscar ones I missed. Good. Yeah. Good. I read the book after seeing the movie. That's how good it was. Well, it this forced guy, me to read. Because Karen and I saw Boyhood this week. Mm-hmm. This leads us into... What did you see this week? 
that also ends my What Did You See This Week? Yeah, me that's too. All that's I saw. all I saw. I saw, saw that in Downton Abbey. <laughs> we saw Boyhood. Did you see anything, Lee? Well, on TBS, they were showing uh, The Born Identity. And, uh, Which one's that? Is that Matt Damon? This is a Matt Damon. This is oh, the first one. It was weird because they were showing the Born Identity and then the Born Legacy, which they're, they're, uh, the Born the Born uh, movies may be the greatest trilogy because I'm like you are with the Raiders. There's only three Born movies. There well, are, there's only one Raiders movie, but good. Well, you see what I'm saying. Well, no, yeah, no, I know what you're saying. There's no Kingdom of the Crystal. There's certainly no number job, four. No yeah. number four, and there's definitely no number four with with Born I, the Born series. But what I noticed, and I watched it like four times because it's it was on constantly. And that's how I watch these movies, Mark. I watch them like I watch the first half, and then I watch the last half, and then I'll watch the middle, and then I'll catch the two other bookends. While and, he's doing his laundry, while or I'm the doing dishes. over the weekend, over the course of like nice. 48 hours, I watch this movie. Um, but what I noticed about the Born Identity is that you can see it trying so hard, and there's so much potential to be the Born Supremacy or the Born Ultimatum, but it's just not quite. And you can feel the moment where it just backed off from the scene or the moment and, and didn't let that happen. So it's really interesting to go back and watch that movie and see all the places that they could go back and turn this into the second or third one. Because I think the second and third one are... They, they just get better. I mean, oh, yeah. Each one is yeah. better than the one before it. Doug Lyman's good, but Greengrass is a phenomenal yeah. director. And, and he nailed those. But comparatively speaking, Born Identity is so not that movie. There's just a, there is a lot more figuring, yeah. a lot more talking, a lot more walking. And you can see even in the scenes where there is the action that they kind of they dialed it down a little bit. So I enjoyed that. No, that's required in that first story. Because it yeah. does build. I mean, he, once he knows what he's got to yep. do, then it's about two movies of him getting <laughs> shit done. And it's and it's it may be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, trilogy because the way it is interwoven in the way there are, for a lack of a better way to describe it, these callbacks uh, in all three of them, where he'll say, "Get some rest. You look tired," or you know, he repeats lines and they repeat the timeline over and over in all three of them. It's just to, to have map have that mapped out and keep track of that from movie to movie is just absolutely impressive. See anything, Mark? I kind of did the same thing. I all I do is <laughs> I DVR stuff, and then just it sits there for months and years. And so uh, I watched nonstop. Yeah, Liam Neeson. Yeah, oh, was that oh the plane good? movie. Yeah, the plane. Uh, no. Oh. I, uh, well, first of all, like, like you never want to hang out with Liam Neeson. Yes, I do. <laughs> shit, I do. Really bad shit happens oh, if you're hanging out with him. Well, your kid gets taken. As long as you don't call him on the phone first. Yeah, right. If you call yeah. him on the phone, tons first, of phone in this though. Uh, yeah, because yeah. he's, this, this he's a, a marshal, so he's got service, <sighs> which is bad for everybody. A lot of phone, a lot of things that don't make any sense at all. You know, uh, but well, I mean, the worst part is the the whole plot point rests on you know your bad guy has to have a real strong cause. And this guy's cause makes no sense at all. He's they maybe just, he's the crazy Crispin Glover bad guy. Is there a Crispin, snake on the plane that he doesn't like? That would make so much more sense. I wish, because they have the guy, the Muslim guy. So they can't, you know, it's got to be a MacGuffin. They can't be the Muslim guy who's mm -hmm. the bad guy. And it, and then because that never happens in real life, oh. right? And then they got the bald, creepy guy, and it can't be him, even though everything's pointing towards him, and. and and then, or maybe it's actually Julianne Moore. Uh, maybe she did it, but no. It turns out to be some like nondescript white guy who like served in the war and now wants to 
show that our country doesn't take care of its own. It doesn't make. He explains it. He's got like a five minute monologue that explains it. And you're like, just stop. Yeah. Just don't. Just shoot people. Just don't. <laughs> and then they do. Anything. And then I do, if I'm not mistaken. Then it's like, all right, well, let's just get on with the action. Right. That right. we've been and, putting and, off all this time. And and everybody. And it's one of the things that he has to explain why he's doing this. Before he he he's ready to die and kill everybody, but he's got to explain himself first. Oh, they all to do, the sure. drunken air marshal who he's been tormenting this whole time. <laughs> it doesn't, you know. It's just like just shoot Liam Neeson. And it, then, do they uh, do they play that movie on a plane? No, I hope. Why would they? God no, not. I'm just saying. And it has a horrible ending. I remember specifically because it has one of those endings. It's just like the plane lands. All right, and uh, and suddenly all the characters sort of spill out onto the the right. runway, and then Liam Neeson just has to walk around and finish his plot lines with each one of them. <laughs> movies and movies do that shit all the time. He goes over, "Are oh, you all right? Oh, well, it was nice meeting you." And then, "Are you okay?" And da 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 da. And then, "I love you." And let's uh, and then, yeah, he just has to go around, wrap it up. Okay, now movie. That is credits. what a good host does, Paul. <laughs> and the best part of that wrap up is that he doesn't have any real relationship with Julianne Moore, but they have to fabricate. Oh, they did do. they did they have something a spark? And it ends like remember um, chips like that they would end on a joke like they'd all be sitting in the room and like Ponch would be like yeah and then they all freeze like oh. so she says some line that was a callback to something that wasn't funny the first time she said it but she calls back and he goes <laughs> and then they hold on him for a really long time and he's like. <laughs> and he just sits there. It's not frozen, but it's close, and it just holds for thirty seconds as he's like, "Will you fucking cut, cut?" So if we've given away too much, just go watch the gray, right? Just go watch the <laughs> yeah, gray. Don't watch yeah, yeah. nonstop. Uh, All right. Well, now uh, that uh, brings us to the best way to wrap up the show: Karen's celebration of the birthdays of those who make the movies. It's time for Karen's birthdays. Take it away. Let's start off our week of birthdays by wishing a very happy birthday to Rebel Wilson. Happy birthday, Rebel Wilson. There you go. Who turns 29, but can play anywhere from brash to sarcastic. This Aussie actress was first introduced to American audiences in Bridesmaids, where she played an annoying roommate. This is probably perfect casting since she has received numerous complaints from her West Hollywood neighbors for loudly belting out show tunes from her hot tub late at night. This true? Yes. Uh, Wouldn't I do you not love miss, that? I do not miss living in West Hollywood. Oh, I knew you would hate that. In school, <laughs> Isn't she, everyone singing show tunes <laughs> in her hot tub in West Hollywood? <laughs> yeah, this is why I don't like Who living time there. to complain? Who would complain about that? And I promise you, yes. she does not have the best abs of, the, of those in hot tubs singing... <laughs> Not in West Hollywood, for sure. In school, she excelled at math, but decided to pursue an acting career when she contracted malaria in South Africa and experienced hallucinations. Get yourself vaccinated. In which she saw herself as an actress who had won an Oscar. Those are some hallucinations. This is the doughy white chick from Australia? Yep. Yeah, Yeah, Lee, so good news for you. Are you ready? Yes, lay it on me. Here we go. Good news. She's single. (laughs) May 15th, you might want to write this down. Okay, hold May on. May 15th, Pitch Perfect 2 comes <gasps> out in theaters and you can watch her on the big screen singing her heart is out. Is that number two or T-O? It is number two. It's, 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 two. it's, it's a total number two. It's number two <laughs> in so many ways. <laughs> Let's wish a happy birthday to Mr. Chris Rock. Who turns Ooh. 50? Wow. But wow. can play anyone, uh, anywhere from somebody everybody hates to someone everybody loves. Do people hate Chris Rock? Well, in that TV show. His oh, ex wife probably hates Chris Oh, that's yeah, right. Crazy. Oh, that's right. recent, isn't it? it very. Very yeah. recent, yeah. yes. Now, we all know him from his stand up career. I do. 
And he did some work at SNL. He did. He did. And we also know him from uh, that movie he just put out. What is it? Top, top five. five. Top five. So I went out and got top five <gasps> facts about Mr. Chris Rock. Oh. Ooh. Oh, won't this be fun? The future comedian was bullied or was bused to school in a predominantly white neighborhood in Brooklyn where he was bullied and beaten up by the white students. The beatings got worse with age, so his parents removed him from school and he got his GED. I'm sorry, did you call these fun facts? This is a fun, this is a top five fact. Okay, not a fun not fact. Fun. Not necessarily fun I just fact. find okay. that interesting that he was beaten up by white kids and forced to leave school. Hmm. Well, because he was bused to a school where they didn't want him. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, so. That sucks. Wow. Uh, Rock left SNL in 1993 to join In Living Color, only for the show to be canceled after a few months. Uh, is that true? Yeah. These are these are true facts. Yeah, these are f- fun true facts. Fun, I, fun I mean, and true? They'd probably but be a little... That's what fact means. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, well, not anymore. Not in this <laughs> news cycle. In 2011, Rock starred in his first Broadway play, The Mother Effer with the Hat. Oh, yeah. I remember that. that These sound more like factoids. Okay. These are factoids. Fun birthday factoids. Yes. Fun, true birthday factoids. Birthday factoids. Rock's great-great-grandfather, Julius Caesar Tingman, was a slave for 21 years and later fought in the American Civil War. That's a fun fact. That is a hilariously (laughs) fun fact. That's a fun birthday fact. You say Rock, I I think of Dwayne Johnson. Oh, no, no, no. This is Chris Rock, the comedian, the funny one. But no one calls him Rock, do we? Okay. I'm sorry. refer to him as his last name? Chris Rock's grandfather was a preacher, and that's where he got some of his ideas on how to do stand-up with Uh. the pacing back and forth like a tiger in a cage. It's like saying Bart Caius was seen down at the uh, playground ogling the little kids. (laughs) Caius has been told not to go there again. (laughs) That's all. Rock this, rock that. That's all we're saying. Thank you. And lastly, Chris Rock... Chris Rock, the comedian, thank you, who was on SNL and then went to In Living Color, which was canceled. All right, Chris Rock, Rock, he doesn't write down his material in long form because his grandfather, the preacher, would just write down little bullet points. That way, it keeps it fresh. Mm. That's a little something for you. Wow, that's right. interesting because that is fun to know. He does seem a little polished. Right, you know? he, like he seems to not have excessive words. But he so says just what he needs to. Yeah. Preachers do the same thing. They know what the message is. They have the bullet points, and then they say it from their heart. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, let's move on to Garth Brooks, who's celebrating a birthday. He's turning 53, but he can play anywhere from country to western. Both kinds, country and western. Country and western. Now, Garth Brooks was on the scene. We all know he was a huge star. What, 90s huge star? And then he did that thing where he was himself and his alter ego. Chris Gaines. Chris Gaines, which was kind of cool. I love that you knew that. And then he went away for a while, and he took, I think he retired officially. Did he? Yeah, because he went and he had kids. Kind of like what you're doing, Mark. You're just retiring from the biz. When I don't have work, I'm... I'm, I'm retired. retired taking care of the kids. Retired seven or eight times. Yeah. yeah. So now he, his kids have gone off to college, and Mr. Garth Brooks is coming out of retirement, and he's starting off with a tour, and one of the best things you can do when you come out of retirement, he's going to put together a Christmas album with Trisha Yearwood. Wasn't so, he married to somebody? I think country, her, right? I think oh, so. They're still yeah. a thing, right? I think they're a thing, yeah. yeah. They're going to put Amy out a Christmas. Grant. Oh, well, Amy Grant? Amy Grant's no, a cutie, Amy. too. No. Now, yeah. does Garth have friends in low places, or is that Randy Travis? <laughs> that is Garth. He it does. Oh, okay. As a matter of fact, Lee. Yes. You know. Bart. A bar. I know how much you. Caius, stay away from. Caius. Caius, stay away from the playground. You know how much I love when celebrities sing. There's two things people ask me about Karen. They say, name me two things. Yes. Fun, fun fun factoids, factoids. about Karen. <laughs> I say, one, uh-huh. she loves the mailbox. I right. do. And I wink <laughs> when I say that. And two, loves when she hears celebrities sing. I do. And
And so I thought, why not? Since it's his birthday, we would have a little celebrity singing for us to just bring the show to an end. So let's hear it from our birthday boy. What the? We've been rickrolled. Why is that, Karen? That still happened? That's because let's wish a happy birthday to Mr. Rick Astley. Who turns 49 but can play anywhere from 18 to 23. The man does not age. Does he still look the same? He looks the same and he wears those big goofy suits. How many people here loved Rick Astley? Me, I. Loved? Loved, come on. That's a Van Halen guy. Oh. Yeah. I loved when they had the whole Rick Rolled came back because I just love this voice. It does not fit that weird little body. I expect this dude to look like Barry White, right? Yeah. Not yeah. like the lead guy from Simply Red. No. He, do, he looks like somebody that's, gr- that's in the high school band. And like when you're graduating and he's all dorky yeah, playing the plays French horn. Yeah. Kick his ass. He just ran faster than Chris Rock. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that wraps another movie showcast, everybody. Follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys, on Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Funny or Die, SoundCloud, Vine, Instagram, all that shit. Thanks to Mark Povinelli. Check out Mad Dogs on Amazon Prime. Anything else we should be plugging? Social Uh, media or anything? Oh, yeah. I, I don't do anything on Twitter, but my name's there. And, uh, awesome. Sounds good. <laughs> Someone out there so, pretending to be Mark Povinelli? No, it's me. Oh, okay. <laughs> you can follow me. I won't say anything. Uh, oh. Remember that story about his work ethic? This is bringing it to twi- Twitter. <laughs> right. This is how he gets work. That's right. We got to stop. You got to get back to uh, yeah. Gap for Kids yeah. or whatever, right? If, yeah. If, if you have any returns or exchanges, I can do those. <laughs> <laughs> he wants us to send some tweets out. He'll retweet them, but we're not going to do. The, he's not going to do the original tweet. Right. You go down, clear the way for me. Yeah. Give me your well, username, password. I'll jump in there and plug this <laughs> show. At least. Yeah. Could you at least plug this show? That'd be great. <laughs> I'll do that. I will. All right. Thanks to Steve Schultz for his writing contributions to the show every week. And remember, you can find everything we're up to at themovieguys.net. Next week, we're back, and it's going to get sexy with Fifty Shades of Grey. About time. And we'll see you then.